Welcome to Biggest Geek Us. We're your host. I'm Randy. And I'm Joe. This is episode 135 of our show. The date is Tuesday, April 18th, 2023. What's new in the world? Uh, not a whole lot, really. Um, still encountering some issues on Big Geek Emporium. We finally, I think, uh, I don't know what day was it. Sunday. Yeah. They did a lot of work and fixed a lot of things. And then this morning, the site went out for several oh. hours, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but it's back up. Uh, I have one person who said they had was still having some issues. Hopefully, I'll hear back. Right. Yeah, it looks like. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, hopefully they'll get that straightened out. That'd be nice. Um and it's saying keeping up a website is pretty pretty rough, dude. Well, if it was like just like a blog, if all it was was a blog, that would be one thing. There's a lot. It has a lot of moving parts. Um, if if it was even if it was just uh, me selling my own stuff, just one person, it would be a world of difference in complexity. Ah. Uh. But since it is uh, all the moving parts are making it tough. Right. So because it's multiple people selling their things and keeping it, keeping it all separate, um, having a, a way for them for them to have their earnings tracked, that's a piece and everybody doing their uploads and then you know it all being private, you know se uh, segregated, yeah. that causes a lot of issues. And there's a lot of different software pieces uh, that go to it. They go into it, and not all of them are written by the same person, so they, they don't often mesh well. Yeah, Mar Hawkman says shops got to have secure account databases, and you need two for customers and sellers. Wow. Okay. Ugh. All the payments and storage. Yeah. So Hart Mar, Mar Hawkman's here. Oh, Patty, look at him. He said, uh, "Kitty and the boys." His, his wife and kids are left for a couple weeks, and so now it's the cat and I. Couple weeks? That sounds like you need to come up to Michigan and visit and play some games, bro. That's what it sounds. Bring like. your cat. Bring the cat. Bring the cat. We got, I got I got three or four cats myself. Uh, Mr. Boivan's in the house. Arn Man was nice and early. Um, oh, Arn Man says opening theme song sounds like playing Descent on the PC. Hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. Malachi, did we miss you last week? Was he around last week? I felt like we you may have been. You may have been. I don't remember specifically. Yeah. Chunky Todd. Yeah. They need to do the things. Absolutely. Subscribe, like, share, do all that stuff. All and the things, do them. Mr. Elliot's here too. Yeah. The crowd's rolling in here slowly. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. anything exciting happened this week for you, Joe, besides working on Big Geek Emporium? Not really. I mean, it's Big Geek Emporium. Uh, I, it's a balancing act, act working, having time for the wife, time to manage the, the uh, site, um, and, and having energy at all. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I'm, I'm, I'm no longer a 20-something. I am now a 50-something. Right. Won't be that long until I'm a 60-something. That sounds... Oh, crazy. I know. Like four years, dude. We're getting a crowd now. Uh, one Magic Bean, is that a new person? He says, yo, yo, yes. yo. 
Joe and Boo, welcome, sir. Or man. One magic bee. That might be someone from uh, DV Army. Oh, DV Army represent. Could be, could be. I may, may, may be wrong about that, but um, hey, you know something? We might have been. Um, uh, we might have not thought about is the fact that we popped for over four hundred. Yeah. Oh, we got to talk about that. I didn't add that to the notes. Oh. We didn't do that. We didn't talk about that. We didn't. What's our contest going to be? Are we going to do it live on the stream? <laughs> we probably should do it next week so it's not, you know. Yeah, so it's not off the cuff. Man, one more yeah. week, guys. We are going to give away that uh, master edition. Of Apparently, all of the problems of old age will fade away if I identify as a 20-something, according to Maliki. Of course. Hold on, man. I'm grabbing something. Nothing indecent. Well, is that why you, you camera? Yeah. But for those that are that remember, I'm hardwired this weekend, so so today, so I'm set. This is what we will be giving away: the master edition of the Mophidius Modifius. No, it's not. It won't be that particular book. It'll be the extra one I have. Oh, you have the, you don't have the hardback. You have the soft one. So this is mine. So you're not yeah. getting. Yeah. You're a liar. Yeah. Yeah. Someone from Cabin Con. Oh, the who would be the magic that. bean? Mm. Is that John? That's what I'm going to guess. John A. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. Just guessing. Welcome, one magic bean. Can't wait. Keep it secret, man. Let us guess. We'll figure it out from your from what you say. Make comments so we can guess. One of our cabin con guys. I did get to prep this week and I played. Oh, yeah, dude. We played for two or three hours on Saturday night with uh, Ben and the guys, Warp Shell. Ben did this awesome thing. So you have this coin for a reroll that he uses. He's modified the game. You know, it's, it's easily moddable. And he decided to bring in, instead of the coin uh, Saturday night, uh, jelly beans. And they were those jelly beans that have all the flavors, you know, tastes like a sock, smells like a fart, stuff like that. Um, no oh. <laughs> oh, I think I know what it is now. This is fun. The clues are there for Mr. Bamboo. It was about four hours. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it was somebody who played talking about warp shell. That may be, that may be my dude right there. Uh, Mr. Ben. But um, anyway, uh, we brought the jelly beans in. And so if you wanted a re-roll, uh, <laughs> finally, Randy screams as big as Joe's. So Baron G Rock said, "Okay, but uh, okay." So anyway, if you want to re-roll, you can do as much as you want, but you get uh, up to three. So if you failed to roll, you had to eat a bean, eat a jelly bean. Now that doesn't sound bad until you get ghost pepper and dirty socks <laughs> and whatever it is. So, <laughs> but it was a good vomit. Time. Don't they have? Do they have a vomit flavored one? Something. It was. Uh, he said. He, uh, ben said it wasn't the Harry Potter Jelly Belly Malachi, but it had some of those in there. So, t-shirts in the house. I think he said bonjour earlier. Glad he's around. Baron G Rock. The bonjour. Cool kids are hanging out now. Man, man of war. Neighbor the beast. Mister Boivin. By the way, Mister Boivin, I am loving your episodes. I really need to watch them when they're live, or are they streamed live normally? Is he going to be streaming live with you, Joe, or not? I don't know. He asked me on for tomorrow. Cool. I don't know if it's going to be live yeah. or recorded. He didn't say. I just know he has. I mean, he may have, and I just overlooked it. I said yes 
just something I can't remember what it is. Yeah, he's he's been on fire. But anyway, Warp Shell was a blast uh, eating all the magic beans. So <laughs> it was fun. I'm sure it was. One of our one of our members was too too afraid to attempt, uh, test the beans, but the rest of us are pretty bold. So it's a random bean. So it could be nice. It could be meh. It could be. And you had to chew it. You couldn't just swallow it. You had to chew it or it didn't count. So, yeah. All right. Ah, Mr. Bobvan says, thank you. I'm not normally streaming live, but tomorrow will be live for the draw. Draw, drawing of his 300 subs giveaway. Nice. Hey, maybe I'll win. I'll probably be exempt since I'm uh, a guest on the stream, which is fine. Yep. Yeah. Martinson's back. He's here, too. I don't know if I mentioned Martinson. David Gwill's in the house. Yeah. You didn't. I, I mentioned Shame on you. I am sad. But to my cabin, Connors, I'm, I think I've added an adventure to my slate. So I'll be running two 13th Age and two Deadlands games. Good. Ooh, Ryan at Aqualith Media says he got to attend DaveCon. I've heard of that in Minneapolis this weekend. Is that for Dave Arneson or somebody else? It was fantastic. My new favorite local con. Great crowd. Lots of old school. Excellent. Good, good. Local cons be good. Yeah. Yeah, I had a good time. I uh, got to work on my adventures a little bit on Saturday. Had a big bike ride. 20 miles with Philip and uh, Greg. That was fun. I had a full Saturday, so it was awesome. And Sunday I worked on my adventures, so very good. Fun weekend. So, yeah, yeah, based on Dave Arneson, right on. Bean Boozled. <laughs> so that's a collection of um, who knows what kind of beans you're going to get? Bean yeah. Boozled? There were some good flavors in there, but there were some gross ones. So, yeah. Well, that's the, that's the whole point. Some people think that's a charming i think that's you know silly <laughs> well it's great for a reroll that's what you guys did was mm-hmm. a good use of it i think i agree yeah i think i thought it was kind of brilliant on ben's part so because i mean i mean it's just a flavored thing mm-hmm. i mean who knows where they get the flavors from yeah it's some kind of chemical concoction yeah. i hear sweden is it, i think it's sweden that there's a company in Sweden that is like the kings of uh, figuring out those kinds of chemical flavors. Oh, okay. Some, I think it's, I think that's right. <clears throat> but yeah, who knows what kind of chemicals people stick in their in their mouths when they, they eat that stuff? <laughs> Where yeah. they come from? Well, I can tell you what, you what you don't want to do is you don't want to have like a fruit flavor quickly followed by uh, ghost pepper and chew them together because that. Oh. T- like utter poop. Yeah, I got two ghost peppers and a jalapeno. So well, you're built for that. I am. It was was right. was it actually ghost peppery? It was. I don't know because ghost pepper to me tastes like just hot. It's not terribly good. Uh, ghost pepper cheese is okay, but it's really just too hot for enjoyment. But I can do it. I mean, I can't do the Carolina Reapers and the crazy ones. You have to take away your spicy food uh, card. <laughs> I know. I'm such a wuss. Too hot for, too hot for it to be good. That, there's yeah. no such thing. There's no such thing as that when you guys are concerned. I'm not that guy. I say that. <laughs> I say that. You're all like me, me, me. Somebody me. put so, some black pepper on my on my eggs. It's too hot. That's Joe. Uh, <laughs> no, I I can eat Doritos. <laughs> I can eat Doritos. You're the man, Joe. 
One Magic Bean says they use secretions from a beaver's butt gland for artificial vanilla flavor. I don't, I don't uh, doubt it. I mean, <laughs> you know where fluoride comes from? No, I mean, it's not, not a flavoring, but fluoride was a byproduct, a chemical byproduct of some other thing that they used to just throw out. <laughs> and then they said, hey, we'll, we'll sell it to people and say it's good for your teeth. Dude, Larry Ellis put a little putting a little commercial in for us. He says, telling Ryan at Aqualift Media, he's guessing Big Geek Con will rank near the best. So you may want to have to try it, Ryan. Come up, up to Michigan. Down, I guess. Down. I mean, it's going to be a bunch of geeks gaming. You know, how, yeah. how, how, um, what, what more do you need at a con? Do you need to have big names or a, or a vendor um, tent or whatever, or um, cosplayers? You don't need any of that stuff. All you need are, are games, geeks gaming. That's all you need. It is. And it sounds like it was wonderful up there. I, w- I should probably go to DaveCon. Chunk and Todd says, that Randy, be careful. Ghost peppers have been known to give heart attacks and melted toilets. <laughs> oh, sorry. Right on. Good advice. Uh, oh, Darth Theix in the house. Dungeon Master James, what is up? Hookers. What's he talking about? <laughs> I, oh, I said cosplayers. So he went to the next naturally occurring thing. Mm. Yeah, we don't need that either. I think it's, it's going to be Bay City. So the uh, idea that any of that's going to be hanging around our convention is very, <laughs> very unlikely. Yeah. Flady uh, says Dyson paper. Yeah, you're good. And uh, oh, Malachi says a name like Venger wouldn't hurt. LOL. Yeah. Um, I invited Venger to Big Geek Con. He gave me a very, very light maybe. So I'm not expecting it. Noncommittal. Hmm. What can you do? Dude, everybody's doing their everybody's got their own things that they're doing. That's yeah, fine. Got, no, I'm not mad at him. He's got his own con like a week the month before, so or no. Yeah, so he may not before. you may not be able to. It's all good, dude. It's all oh good. hey, 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 Halcyon H has a great suggestion. <clears throat> Maybe have a panel with Will Wheaton. I'm sure we'd be up for a Will a Will Wheaton panel. I'm sure he would come to Big Geek Con. <laughs> what what would what would said panel be? What would we call said panel? Hmm. Waxing, um, waxing wonderfully with Will Wheaton. Waxing wonderfully, all with WHs, with Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about that, Martinson. Is the ho- isn't the hotel here in Bay City? No, Saginaw, dude. Oh, it's Saginaw. It's all right, dude. That's Joe, not very convenient for me. Joe comes home. I chain him to his computer. Because he has to do all the Big Geek importing stuff. I've got the Big Geek con. Joe does. I'll just come pick Joe up. I'll make sure he gets there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I was going to be able to walk to this one. You are not going to be able to walk to this one. I guess you might. You are a mailman. You well, could. Walk I mean, the, all the hotels in Bay City are are not that far out of walking range from my house. No, I was saying you could walk to the one in Saginaw. It's just off six seventy five. I suppose. I mean, it would take a few hours, but I could do it. I believe in you, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, it's Flady. You're not talking about Saginaw, are you, Flady? I hope so. I'd love. I hope Flady makes it. That'd be great. That would be great. Yeah, I hope all the guys do. Yes. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh you missed one. What? <laughs> oh, that's good, Tonka Todd. I'm gonna st- look the one right below Tonka's Joe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tonka Todd. So the panel, that. the Will Wheaton panel, would be sh- called "Shut Up, Will." Yep. But it wasn't it. Uh, it was shut up, Wesley. That's the, that's what he. Good enough. Shut up. Either way. Wheaton. 
<laughs> Neighbor of the Beast brings it. Yeah. I'm the kitty cat. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. If kitty cat is spelled with a P and then it's in, ends in a Y. <laughs> right. Oh, still funny. Oh, lady's coming, dude. See what he said? Boss, Boss cleared it. it. That's what I'm talking about. So there'll be three of us. That's right. I'll be damning Flady all weekend long. He's gonna all right. Scared. Yeah. Um, Mark Mar Hartman says, doesn't Wheaton spell his name as Will? Probably. He's kind of that kind of dumb. W-I-L, whatever. He's a pretentious actor. So oh, just a little. It's it, it's a uh, wonder he didn't just go with Will and you know skip the Wheaton part. You know how they are. Yeah. I think Tonka Todd's got the right of it. He says, Will we no. give a class on how to be a beta male? Sure. Pretending to be an alpha male. He is not that. I may not be an alpha male. He's not an alpha male. So. Right. So I, I used to not get why everybody hated that guy. Yeah. I still haven't um, seen it firsthand or even secondhand how much of an idiot he can be. I have or seen. just jerk face at the cons. Yeah. But I have I have seen some of the things that he's posted online. And <laughs> I, I'm sure that he can be just as much of a dick. So I've seen him interviewed. He seems like a complete and utter woke tard. I didn't think he could have been that bad. He likes bacon. He talked about bacon a lot on his um probably it's probably table, uh, tabletop game. It's probably turkey bacon. Uh, yeah. Hungar, how you doing, bud? You still home? Back hopefully home? you're not. You're hopefully you're not attending this from the hospital. But if yeah. you are, we will all send prayers to you. Glad to see Hungar. Hopefully you are in good health, sir. All right. So yeah, that oh, was Martinson uh, says four. He will be there. Right on. We got four. Four. I got a feeling we're going to have Mr. Larry's going to be there. It's five. Hey, we got a group with Flighty. That's five. So DM and four players. We're good. The con is happening. <laughs> Excellent, Hungar. He's home and doing well. Excellent. Yay. Glad to hear it. Okay. Uh, I think that's kind of all that I did. I know I've got – Joe's got one more week, and then he's off for a while. His vacation's coming. Three weeks in a row. Next Friday is my last day for school, and I'm off for a long time, so that's exciting. Not this coming up Friday, but the following – Right. Yeah. So I've got uh, a week from this coming Friday. Uh, final, final exams will be given. Randy will be grading like a demon and I will be out closing up the stuff, closing up my office, saying no teachy, summertime. Well, springtime, whatever. Calvin Connor. Hey, let's do some more Will Wheaton hate. <laughs> Apparently he, according to Halcyon H, he uh, was the narrator for the audiobook version of Ready Player One and he couldn't make it through it. Irritating voice. I guess the half hour chunks or less for tabletop was good, especially because he didn't talk the whole time, but he had a very short lived sci-fi channel um, show that was awful. And uh, yeah. Patty. I don't know if it was just because he was talking more or that he was talking at all. I'm not sure. And Patty's power says he should be doing his homework, but he know he has his priorities straight. He's here now. Priorities are aligned properly. <laughs> Larry's um, boss. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah. I didn't do any gaming, but what I did do, what I have been doing for the last couple of weeks is I have been priming myself, I think, well, with a, some audio books. Mm. Um, I've listened to a couple in the, um, uh, I've mentioned it, um, Galaxy's Edge, Un- undying, undying mercenaries. Okay, is a series. It starts with uh, Steel World, and uh, then there's Galaxy's Edge. Um, I did. I got a haircut um, at least a week ago, maybe two. Right. But I did let it get awfully long for me before that. But Randy got maybe his um, haircut imagery is bleeding over to me. I think end of last week I got my haircut. So yeah. 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 And um, I think it's doing well for me to get ready to uh, do some adventure writing. Oh, okay. Other sorts of uh, fantasy writing for us, for yeah. either writing lore or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's helping. Hello, Green Apple. Yeah, green apples in the house, excellent. All right, oh. but yeah, so and, and there's um, son of the what is it called? No, not that one. Are this these are audio books you're listening to, yes. Um, okay. you told me about son Gal- of the Black Sword, son of the Black Sword, okay. Oh, look at Halcy and H, he's doing it right. Be right back. Got to punch into work. Look at him. He's strategy, dude. He's listening to what work. That's a smart dude. That's a, he, he don't play, dude. That's how he do. You know what I'm saying? He's multitasking. He is. Which means neither thing, neither thing gets done well, but that's okay. As long as he focuses more on us than work, that'll be great. Yeah. As long as he has his priorities straight. Correct. All right. Well, we are, we are 22 minutes in, and we have 24 people that are watching. Make it happen, dude. Yeah. We'll jump into the first time. Tell them to do the things. Though. Let's be crazy. Let's do it at the beginning. You want oh, to tell oh. them the things? That's crazy. Yes. Yeah. Subscribe, like, share, rate, do all the things on your perspective, on your respective um, uh, media uh, platforms, be it YouTube or your podcatcher of choice. Thumbs up, uh, follow, share, rate comment all kinds of things you can do without paying a dime <laughs> you can kidnap several people handcuff handcuff them to your kitchen uh chairs play the show for them and then they'll thank you for kidnapping them <laughs> our man says he refuses to hit the like button until he sees something he likes do you like that gun baby I know you do. <laughs> How can you not like your two handsome fellows here? I know. That's what I'm talking about. How can our man be like that? He's a fellow Michigander. Hurts my feelings. Eight, eight Mobius 8 is in the house. That's a cool name. I like that. I think he was here last week. Welcome, yes. sir. All right. Well, tonight we are going... Phrasing? <laughs> What's that? What did I say? I wasn't paying enough attention to know what your fra- phrasing oh, gaff was. Like I said phrasing. Okay. Huh? Yeah. So you're you're at you. 
So, um, I don't yeah. know what your phrasing gaff was. T-shirt said, hasn't seen L in a few weeks. Anyone know what's happened to L? I know he's not. I'm guessing he's not running around here because I made him upset because I called him out a few weeks ago. What? Yeah. Yeah. We, we told him where he could go. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have to leave. L's welcome back. He just pissed me off and I let him know it. So that's it. Yeah. 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 Okay. So tonight we're going to do a monster mash. We haven't done one for a while. This is going to be the 10th one. And I think, I think Joe, I was looking ahead. I think we're going to do maybe two more. And then I want us to have one where we take all our monsters that we picked out, that I picked out. If you have others, like I'll, I'll, I'll tell you where I'm going to end it soon. And then you can say, hey, I want to get this monster into that monster in. And then we can decide. We'll rank them. Remember, originally we were doing this to rank our favorite monsters. So once we get all 10 or 12 of them, I'm thinking 12, so it'll be one for every month of the year, right? And uh, we'll rank them, you know, my rank and your rank, and we'll see how how it we'll do it. We'll do it all uh, blind, and so we'll bring it in. I won't know what you have, and you won't know what I have, and we'll see what we think. Maybe we'll do okay. that, the last one. That was the plan anyway. Rank these bad monsters. So we're talking about elementals, and so we're talking mainly about earth, fire, water, and air. Um, the big four, uh, and we're going to start through the additions. Um, uh, OD and D. Uh, I guess I should probably share. Sharing is caring. It is. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Share screen and do the stuff. So I want to do monster manual. Can't see. Um, let me try to. Sorry, guys. I'm having a Randy moment. So why can't I find this? I'm trying to share a window. Is that the one? Are you doing technology stuff? It doesn't want to. For some reason, it's not playing share anymore. No, it says present or present. No, no, no. Present. And I'm trying to present. Okay. Share screen. Entire screen. Window. Preview. Share. It's not doing it. Oh, well. I don't know if you have, uh, I bought the OD&D books and it says um, the description of elementals are not very deep. It just says, they assume you know them. It says there's four types, air, earth, fire, and water. This is an OD&D book. If you conjure them, which I assume is with spells, it's a 16 hit dice creature. If you use a device, like a medallion or stone, a gem or bracelet, they said 12 hit dice. And a staff is eight hit dice. And this is the interesting part. Because regardless of the strength of an elemental, only one of each type can be brought into existence during any day. Thus, if a character possessed a device to call an air elemental, but before he could employ it on an opponent conjured an air elemental, another could not be created until the next day. That sounds weird. Only magic weapons. That's generally true. Only magic weapons affect them. So elementals are essentially creatures made of a pure element. They are not humans. Uh, they're not generally like super intelligent. I mean, they're pretty, I would describe them as probably maybe even less than animal, but it doesn't really say in the book. So right. in general, I thought they were had a low, not much to describe in the OD&D OD book. Um, I wish I could share, but for some reason, my computer has not let me. Um, it does make the comment that all elementals must be controlled at all times by the persons who have called them forth. Failure to control an elemental will result in its turning upon the one who called it and attacking. Um, it doesn't control, control consists merely of the summoner maintaining undivided attention upon the elemental and 
and being attacked, moving, or any other action will break it. So if they get attacked, it's broken. If they move, it breaks. If they do any other action, it breaks. So they made it a little broad, a little simple, but I thought that's pretty good. That's not that's a pretty good way to describe it. And that way you don't have to like beat around the bush with technicalities. If they attack, right. they attack I always though I always thought that um depending on how it was conjured, like a, a staff of conjuring elementals. Mm-hmm. Um most of the time when you got one and summoning an eight hit dice elemental would get wasted first round and they don't Mm -hmm. stay around for very long. So they're not all that useful outside of combat. So because they don't, they don't stick around long enough to be useful. I thought all kinds of ways elementals could be useful Mm -hmm. um, as a spellcaster playing for the longest, but they, but most of the time when you conjure them, they don't stay around that long. Meaning not the duration of the spell, but the fact that they can get beat down by the enemy fast. Both, actually. The duration, um, conjured elementals, are it's used like a round per level, or at yeah. least... Um, Depends on the addition. I, I, in this case, I didn't look up the spell conjure elemental. Shame on me. I probably should have. Um, now, it could be that early editions um, had it longer, but starting, say, third edition, when every, all the spell durations seem to take a... T- take. Uh, take a dive down the sink. Right. Um, round per level was pretty common. Round. Mm-hmm. Conjured creatures were almost always round per level because they were considered combat spells. And considering what the strength of those elementals and the level that you could conjure them at, they, they didn't really match up very well, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting that they first laid out, and they laid out some rules and elementals, that changed some later on, but kind of the, the fundamental was there. So you had to control them. That was the first thing. Um, they needed magic weapons to hurt them. And each elemental had its own special ability that it could do whirlwinds and stuff. And that was relatively true in OD&D. But OD&D did not mention, what's interesting, there was no mention of, let me double check it. There was no mention of how elementals of one type affect an elemental of another type. That didn't come until later on. You know how there's kind of a bonus. There was a bonus penalty thing: air, fire, earth, and or air, water, water, fire, air, earth. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. Now, I thought uh, Beckme expanded things quite a bit. Um, I'm going to try to share one more time. Probably won't let me. I bought this stupid PDF. So let's see here. Share screen. Silly thing. What are your options? What do you not? What is it? says entire screen window that it only has preview on it. And if I try to hit preview, it gives me that stupid error message. It says Chrome has lost permission to capture your screen. Oh, I got to go to system preferences. What the heck? No crap. So you're in Chrome, right? Yeah. So when you're in Chrome um, and you share a thing, mm-hmm. um, it also brings up a little um, icon on the tab or up towards the top of the uh, screen that mm-hmm. says "Give um, permit," where you give permission. At least it does on Linux here, so I don't know if it does that. How about in Chrome or in uh, on the PDF? In uh, the Chrome. Oh, yours, yeah, because there you're sharing. Now, Larry Elliott says his wife can conjure a gas elemental that lasts too long, and she can conjure them repeatedly. 
okay, I don't want to search these down. So I'll just say this much. Uh, Beckmead does some more significant stuff. The hit dice of the creatures stay pretty much the same. That is, the base is a spell is 16, a device is 12, a, eight is, uh, a staff is 8. Um, it does give you the defense and vulnerability. So a type of elemental does takes double damage. So air takes double damage from earth, normal damage from air and fire, minimal damage from water. And they have that for each one of those. Um, they have hit dice ranging from 1 to 32. And armor classes from five to negative ten, so you know that's boss. So they buffed up the elementals, and they had element right. rulers who hit dice started at thirty-one and ended at eighty and had negative fifteen armor class. So <laughs> they have they didn't give their names like they did back in I think Fiend Folio days. The evil, the princes of elemental evil, and they had the evil air elemental prince who was Yan Sivin and had armor class and this and that. That was kind of cool. That was first edition. But Beckme did a heck of a job. I, the more I go back and look at Beckme, especially with the monsters, I see why folks think it's the best version of D&D. It is pretty, pretty well developed. Uh, as long as you're good with, you know, some of the eccentricities of that, of TSR type D&D, it's still pretty sweet. I mean, they do a great job and they go into a much deeper explanation as to what elementals are. Um, but they have some of the same rules as far as need magic weapons, that sort of stuff. So um, I thought Beckney was kind of a big jump from OD&D. Now, granted, I don't think Beckney came into its full strength until I think, I know Rules Cyclopedia was in 90. So technically speaking, that's the one I'm looking at. You know, AD&D 1E was already out, but... That was, um, I thought it was pretty cool. Do you have, um, do you have any, have you looked at the elemental in Beck Me at all, Joe, closely? It's been a while. I didn't, I didn't do any, I knew you would, you would be super prepped for this. Right. It's my thing. Yeah. Yeah. They talk about two where each elemental get their special attacks for different things. I was just really impressed how, how much they um, enhanced the elemental. I mean, that 31 hit dice dude does 10d8 per hit. That's pretty serious. Oh, you know, then that's good because I've always thought that certain versions and certain versions, elementals were not really all that useful. A conjuration. They could be useful on lower level as a mo- as a monster to defeat for lower level parties, but once you get to a certain level, they just don't. So who cares if you can conjure an elemental? Um, they're useless. Yeah, in third edition, that was really, it was quickly useless. They could be beaten yeah. up. Uh, technically, Malachus says, Randy, basic was originally meant to lead into OD&D, not AD&D, at least from your research. I think you are correct, sir. Um, so it's a different game. I get it. It's a really different game. Back me is a different beast than AD&D. But it's funny that I thought the rule cyclopedia, to me, did a lot of parallels to the AD&D 1E Monster Manual. Uh, they have a lot of similar things. So, um, OD&D was before the basic stuff. Correct, correct, but he's right. OD&D was the D&D game, and they were making like Eric J. Holmes, I believe. Was he the one that did the first version of basic? His was meant to help people play OD&D. And then they had the, not, not Mince, or who was the guy? Uh, there's the Eric J. Holmes basic, and then who did the basic expert Help me out, guys. Who are the names? Um, oh, geez. 
I know Mincer did Beck me. Holmes did the first basic, correct. And then there was another guy, uh, not Mincer. He wrote B1 or B2, B3. Moldvay Cook, thank you. Yeah. Moldvay Cook, thank you, Malachi. Absolutely, yes. Moldvay T-shirt, thank you. And then came the Mincer. But Mincer's, I mean, to me, that's, I mean, Moldvay and Eric J. Holmes had their own spin on things. But um, it's interesting that, I'm not shocked that it's clear that Mincer was probably influenced by the work they were doing um, or had done on first edition because that, uh, rule Cyclopedia smells a lot like one okay. See you later, Magic Bean. Yes. Cool. Um, oh, okay. Look, Bruce. He says, Hail at Malachi, a biggest geekus. GD. Mm! Pull out your copy of Advanced Beastiary and give some templates. No templates. Templates are for the weak. <laughs> Use use your monsters raw. <laughs> oh. Longshot says he was starting with the whole minster, but I, I just thought it was very cool. I mean, the because I remember when I was playing 1E and I would see some of the old, I had the old basic book. I think I had Moldvay's basic and also got Mincer's basic. And I remember looking after a while, um, after a while, uh, it just seemed that Every time I was playing, like, everything for basic was not that I thought it was babyish, but I was like, "Man, one is just superior. Everything's superior." And now that I look back at the Beckme version in full in all its glory, I don't know if it was superior. I mean, I can see that I, it seemed they, it varied a little. Yeah, they made just some different choices for one e. Um, if you, I know the various flavors of basic, the basic yeah. line. You have basic basic expert, and then you have your Beckme that has all of them. They were all kind of edited, like we've been saying here, by different people. Right. Compiled and edited by different people. Uh, and they all had slightly different takes from the basic, from the uh, base rules. Uh, then first edition so did a lot of different things. I mean, uh, the basic game was... The base rules are pretty much the same thing, mm -hmm. but they did go in some different directions. They did. And uh, some people say it's because tournament play to make it more standardized for everybody. I, I want to pause this discussion because Bruce brought up something. It says, uh, biggest geek is why is Malachi not a moderator here? And then Malachi responded. I know he was joking. Um, because I left them for two weeks for diversity and dragons. No, if you're going to leave us, it makes us sad, but Diversity and Dragons is a sweet show. And Cal is a moderator. What does a moderator do? And should we get Malachi involved? <laughs> what does that mean? A moderator in a chat room uh, keeps people on um, on topic. Okay. Um, has the ability to to either ban or boot depending on on um, um, what permissions you give them. They can also um, like uh, Tunka does every once in a while, recommend people to like and share and subscribe and do all that stuff too. Oh, okay. And so moderators have a purpose and we, they can, uh, you know, we haven't had a problem with this in a while. Yeah. But um, sometimes you get, you know, spam bots in there mm -hmm. and a moderator, if you give them the right permissions can get rid of those and I won't have to worry about it. Yeah. I don't know if we're big enough, but if we did, I absolutely would, uh, do that. Um, 
let's see. T-shirt says, uh, I'm not a moderator, and I have both these dudes on my show. Are, are, are they wanting to be moderators? So they would take some – so would they scan the people that are chatting, and we wouldn't have to worry about it? They could. We could also task them to um, star interesting comments. But oh. I think mostly Bruce Lombardo is instigating things here. Yeah, I think so. I tell you what, though. T-shirt or Malachi would be welcome. I don't know why they'd want to do it, but if they want to do it for us, I wouldn't be opposed but to it. It would be an unpaid position. Yeah, unfortunately, there's no money to go around. They're like, I would T-shirts. Like I would draw. I would draw my name. <laughs> no, yeah, T-shirts cool, dude. He'd be good too. It'd both be good. All right. Um. So let's move into one E. Because we're not all that. No, we're not. You guys know we're not all like into the original basic stuff. We played it. We played it. We did our. We played it some. We're more first and second and third. Yeah. Um, so uh, first edition uh, brought out some uh, more clarity. So they used some of the language from OD&D and their own conjured by spell. So the 16 hit dice for spell, uh, 12 hit dice for summoning device, and eight hit dice for uh, staff is staying the same. They talk a little bit about the different types. It says more or less powerful and or intelligent elementals exist on the elemental planes. So they're implying some difference from just the basics in the book. They go on to say plus two or better weapon to hit for all the all the creatures. They give, uh, I think they talk about uh, some of their immunities now because they're elementals. You can't do certain things to them. Poison, acid, breath weapon. None of that. Wow, breath weapon. What is that? Creatures without um, oh, no no oh my bad who I was like match creatures without magical ability of some sort cannot harm elementals gotcha unless they have four or more hit dice so an ogre could affect an elemental just because he's a big dude um yes yes they can have drastically different shapes uh, Iron Man asks do they absolutely so there's no um there is no uh draw back to that you can do whatever you want i thought the elementals were fun um in first edition and that's where i really started to really honestly love them that's these are joe would know it's one of my favorite creatures i'm almost yeah. every, every campaign if you don't fight a handful of elementals you're not usually in my campaign so, and you normally throw lots of them yes especially the smaller hit dice ones because they're really not that effective right against a a, a party unless you unless uh you overpower them with hit dice Mm -hmm. Use one big one or lots of small ones because yeah. they don't do that much damage. Depending on the edition you're talking about. Right. Um, I liked I liked the first edition. Man, I'm let me try one more time. It's probably not gonna allow me, is it? It's just because my settings aren't right. It's gonna do the same crap all well. Uh yeah, error message. Forget it. Dang it. Um but uh yeah, they were really cool. And they talk within the description of each creature, how they sort of affect each other. And like if you're in, what does it say for the water elemental? Let me see. Outside their element, water elementals are less effective. They lose one point per die in a body of water. They attack at full effect, move swiftly, can upset small craft, slow or stop some craft that are large. Um, Free-willed intelligent beings are common and more powerful. It is possible they are ruled by godlike kings. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think those elemental princes came in in the Fiend Folio. So I could be wrong, but it was later well, on. Well, wasn't wasn't um what's the adventure? Elemental Temple of Elemental Evil. 
Temple of Elemental Evil. Yes, was it in Zugtomoy? Well, Zugtomoy wasn't an elemental lord, was she? She is a fungi demon queen of fungi. Right, right, a fungi. So not an elemental lord, but they though, but she had them trapped in her, in in her, um, in that uh, palace or dungeon or whatever, right? Uh, there were some. There were elemental. There were nodes. There were nodes of elemental. Right. There was different religious factions that worshipped fire, earth, air, and water uh, within the temple. Uh, she was trapped by uh, was it Ayas the old had trapped her there? Perhaps I can't remember. Um, I, I I do think elementals are are just on the surface. They really just make great guard dogs. They make really good, um, they can be hammers. I mean, they can put the hammer down, but they're usually relatively, I always found them relatively easy for the players to beat, but I've also been a little, to be fair, I haven't been big on like getting you guys stuck in the water with elementals. I, I had a moment where I loved water weirds, which yeah. was a type of intelligent elemental, and I would get you guys like that in pools. You guys would always check for water weirds in the pool. Um, but I've usually never like, Except for earth elementals. It seemed like you can't help but be on the ground, so they would get you. But I thought in the water, I was always afraid. I would always think, man, a water elemental would just drown you. I mean, I don't know what, really in a practical sense, I don't know what you would do as a warrior against a water elemental in the water. Right. He's Unless you got magical goodies, dude, he's just going to drown you. I don't know what you well, do. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's nothing you can do to them except... Unless you have magic items, yeah. I mean, you're you're and, not gonna just slash it. Well, you have to because in first edition you gotta have a plus two weapon. So I guess it seems like by the time characters had plus two weapons, they were already so good. Elementals weren't much of a challenge. Wasn't there a version where the earth elemental did full damage, maximum damage to you, or said double damage to you, That's or something? A good question. It says um, you're in contact with the earth. Um, they score full damage against any creature which rests on the earth. On the earth, yeah. minus two on each die of damage against flying opponents. So yeah, they would. Wow, that would be thirty-two damage, my brother. Right. So just like take it. I think I did use those. I did like them. So just make sure when you're fighting an earth elemental, when they swing at you, jump in the air. <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 well, then you have to <laughs> in the air minus two damage. <laughs> and knowing me, I'd say, well, I rolled maximum. Uh, oh. Bruce says, was that some, do you remember the Dungeon of Dread, Bruce Lombardo, Dick's Division? That was the first time I ever read about water weirs in a book by Rose Estes. I think you might be right. Um, I think that's the case. I think I saw it earlier, like one of the old BX adventure modules, but that could be. I remember there was an illustration of, uh, it must have been a well or a, or a fountain of some kind. Yeah. And it had a pseudopod, because water weirds use pseudopods. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that was. I was before Dungeon of Dread, I'm sure. Oh no, Dungeon of Dungeon of Dread is a uh, choose your own adventure path, I believe. Um, and you read it. He was talking about reading the book and playing through that little self, yeah. uh, little solo thing. But uh, I so have this was uh, the illustration I'm remembering is a black and white, an early black and white. It might have even been in a Dragon magazine. Um, I believe it would be. It is probably if you give me a moment. I believe it's in the Monster Manual. Uh, Water Weird might be. Uh, let me see if I can find it. I'm almost. It might be the monster manual illustration I'm thinking of. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I can't show you. That's it. You see a fighter yeah. and a little pseudopod, like a little snake like looking yeah. head comes up. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I definitely thought 1E was uh, – that That taught me to love elementals. I used them almost all the time, and my wizards would have them as protectors and stuff. Um, I did think that the second edition of the game brought um, – that's true. Uh, Larry Elliott says this, though. Um, fireball the water elemental and boil it away. Negative is you also damage you. What? Oh, no. Oh, it could hurt your party, too, for sure. Yeah, that was a, always a thought. Um, let me find the second edition book. Now, what was neat about that is they really expanded the description of elementals. In fact, I can't show you because Ray doesn't have the computer food to do it. But the description of elementals starts on page 98 on my little PDF. And then it goes for that full page of just general elementals. Then it breaks down the big four in two pages. And then it starts expanding. In the core book, they had elemental air kin. So the sylphs and aerial servants. Earth kin were sandlings and pecks. Pecks were weird, the little guys with the pecks. axes. Fire salamanders and, and fire snakes. Those were cool. And then your nereids and water weirds. And then they had what was called a composite elemental made up of multiple types. That was kind of neat. Um, yeah, they went pretty crazy in the second edition with elementals. They started really pushing it. I'm sure some of that was in there. I know that in Ravenloft, they had a grave elemental and a blood elemental. I used one of those. I'll talk about that later to great effect. Um, but the big four were really... Uh, expanded upon. They talked about the controlling and how specifically how to break control, not just generally. So it was um, second edition kept the ball rolling with the elementals. They were and they were they were pretty buff. Um, let me take a quick look. See here. Um, uh, go ahead. Willow was a peck, right? Oh, the race his race of peck. What kind of elemental was the peck based on? Uh, Earth. Uh, the pecks are okay. creatures. They're creatures, they're humanoids of the elemental plane of Earth. Um, though some have extensive minds, they dwell in dark places. Their alignment was neutral good. They were not evil. Uh, they use... Dwarves. Peat hammers, yeah. They were kind they're of... Like, they're like, they're, and that's something that annoyed me about D&D, was there are, like, for a dwarf, we have many... Um, legends and uh um we have many legends about small um fairy creatures yeah and they all translate to dwarf in some way and peck mm -hmm. is one of them he, um even brownies kind of do too mm -hmm. but they're a little more mischief more mischievous yeah the folks in the um chat are talking about some other types um Iron Man, this would be cool. A disease elemental. That would be sick, dude. That See, I also, I was always wondering how they made, like, blood element, elemental. Yeah. Blood, it's not an element. Fair enough. But just an amorphous creature that I believe, I believe, was it in second edition? Or was it third edition elementals could not be hurt by the rogue sneak attack? It right. was completely negated, and that was one of the problems people had with 3.0. They felt the rogue was too weak. I felt it was perfect to not be able to hurt them. And what did the what kind of damage did the blood elemental do to you? Um, I'm trying to remember. I believe that the blood elemental, if he would hit you, would drain blood like a vampire, and or it might have been a constitution damage. I'm trying. You know what? Give me a second. 
Because that sounds more like a um, amorphous undead thing is how I would classify that. Yeah, and, and I believe it was. Um, here's a, a here's a, a wiki from um, Forgotten Realms. Someone from the life-giving liquid blood known to be exceeding a rare... Um, this doesn't seem like the one I was thinking of. In combat, single-minded. They do slams, not telling me much. They won't give me the stats. So... Um, yeah, it had a chance of drawing blood from the opponents, increasing the size of the elemental. Yeah, I remember that I had ran that with a group of uh, players in Ravenloft, and I just – and they were pretty tough. And I just – for whatever it was, I didn't realize how tough it was. But it was like either draining con or draining blood, like nonstop. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> T-shirt, it says – I have attacked the party with an ale elemental. It's a water elemental summoned into a beer. So the party was being literally killed by a sentient beer elemental. That right on. Um, that is funny. Yeah. Was that true? Martinson says an X-Crawl rose could do sneak attack to elementals. Are you talking about in the 3.0 version of X-Crawl or later on? So. Well, I um, one version of D&D rose uh, sneak attack just about everything. Yeah, and I'm with Darth. He says, I agree. It makes no sense. You can hit the vital part of the pool of water. I agree. You can't you can't strike it particularly hard. You can't. You can't make it. You can't hit it. I don't even think critical strikes make sense. Uh or fire. It's all the same. There's no weak spot. Well, Just, yeah. That makes you know, sense. Undead. Now, undead, you might be able to critical because you could do big massive damage, like hit them really hard at a at a kind of a that's what they would use, like Oh, if you hit a weak joint is what they would say in three five. I thought it was. I get it because the rogue was such a douchebag. They had to do something to to buff him up. His sneak attack was not great. Now in five e, it's just it doesn't matter if you get sneak attack, you get it. It's all this. You know, third edition three five became that too. I mean, I don't know if you're going to play. A I role, prefer you being able to have. You know, you have they're immune to. Weapon, uh, like normal weapons, so you mm -hmm. have to have a magical weapon mm -hmm. or uh, some other special material. Mm -hmm. and I'm pr I prefer that to the sneak attack or some or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think if you're going to play a rogue, you need to deal with his drawbacks, and the drawbacks are rogues are they steal from people. They um, are good at if they have been in the past finding a backstab against people, not against oozes. Or elementals, or golems. I, did, I never liked that. That was weak. That was weak sauce. Um, yeah, are the explanations for allowing rogues to do their extra damage against things that they couldn't before was really, really, like you said, weak. Yeah. Because because it, I believe Monty Cook tried to explain it, um, or some third edition mm -hmm. person. Uh, at Wizards, tried to explain it in a way that is just extra damage. Just think of it as extra damage. Well, Bruce at Dick's Division says, the Temple of Elemental Evil was so bland and boring for my rogue. Undead Elementals and Oozes. F you, Monty Cook. So he's talking return to the Temple of Elemental Evil. Bruce, I disagree, dude. Rogues there are don't lots of traps in there. Yeah, do the traps. Do the traps and then hide behind the fighter. Oh, I think Darth is saying, I don't agree, Randy. I have broke the sneak attack. Oh, yeah, it's it's breakable, but it's not. If, if you take away the, if you have the creatures that, I mean, I remember my rogue players were just, 
they were ecstatic when 3.5 came around because you could sneak attack everything. But if you allow elementals and oozes and golems and, un and undead to say, screw your sneak attack, it doesn't matter what you do. I mean, there was, you know, there's nothing you could do in the original 3.0 unless, unless Darth, did they make feats that allowed you to go around it? Was, was that a thing initially? I think X-Crawl, you could do a feat, like a feat to affect golems and a feat to affect undead. Yeah, I remember something like that. But uh, there's all kinds of ways that uh, player character abilities get screwed over. I mean, rogues are, are a really easy one because, you know, you can't, you couldn't at one point sneak attack undead or elementals um, and several different classes of monster. So unless it's a humanoid, I mean, mm -hmm. some DMs would even say you can't do giants because their vitals are not within your reach. So you can attack their calf. Yay. So um, so the, the rogue player will often feel screwed when the DM puts those sorts of opponents against you. But what about flying opponents? If you have um, several characters... Clerics are not very usually very effective against ranged opponents yep. because they usually don't have ranged weapons. So guess what they did? Everybody can use crossbows. Yeah. That's another thing. Everybody can use a crossbow now, so everybody can has a range thing. Well, it just kind of it kind of um, played to some people's complaints when they added that part to the game. Um, Bruce is saying, you know, in Cook's uh, return to the Temple of Elemental Evil, his GM didn't have anything for him except the traps. I mean, I, look, I, I get it. But then, to be fair, I'm not really a rogue player, so it never bothered me. But also, I don't know. I mean, just play to your strengths. And I guess I guess it could be boring because it is a long adventure, Bruce. I feel you. It's a long adventure. But there should have been at some point you should have run into cultists that you could have been backstabbing like a crazy person. You should have been sneaking attacking those guys into the ground. Kill the village of Hamlet. <laughs> that would get you XP. Murder the whole village. Yeah. Only uh, Rufus and Byrne would be a little troublesome, and so would Elmo, because he was like a ninth-level ranger. So you might want to watch your steps there. They can just scry teleport you in whenever there's a trap. The rest <laughs> of the time, you're hanging back in town. I think, I think I know what he's saying. I mean, in certain points, there's a lot of that, but there should have been a lot of cultists and humanoid leaders you should have been, like, sneaking up on and ganking. <laughs> so, but yeah, who knows? I've felt on playing just about all the classes that there are times when, when any of the classes can feel like their strengths are negated by whatever you're facing. And my thought is, so what? I mean, yeah, it is. Some monsters suck for rogues. Some monsters suck for wizards. I mean, the disenchanter. I mean, the beholder with the stupid eye that went all. What would I do with the beholder's eye in the center eye every time? I'd put it right on about golems and magic users. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, um, I've got some issues to deal with with my doggies. I'll be right back. Yeah, guys. I mean, I, I feel you. I, I guess just me personally. And I'm a DM, so I don't feel the, the pain as the players do as much. I DM more than I. Than I play, so you know I, I get what you're what you're coming at. Um, we'll go on to third three third edition. Um, they basically went to more uh, size uh, with elementals, so they do a good job of describing in combat. Elementals had something called air mastery, uh, or at least an air elemental did, and 
so for air mastery, it was something like airborne creatures take a minus one penalty on attack and damage rolls against air elementals. We're talking three, five. Now they had the whirlwind ability. Um, elementals came in the small, medium, large, huge with 16 hit dice, greater with 21 hit dice and elder with 24 hit dice. They were pretty good. But as Joe said before, they mostly weren't much of a challenge, but each elemental had their own sort of earth mastery, fire mastery, water mastery advantage, which was, you know, mostly just like it wasn't as good as in second edition. An earth elemental gains plus one to attack and damage if both its foes are touching, both it and its foes are touching the ground. If an opponent is airborne, the elemental takes minus four on attack and damage rolls. So that was kind of a weak move. Um, but elementals were still fun to have, but I think. They, they crammed a lot into a small package in terms of number of pages, four or five pages. And they had different sizes with different abilities. They even detailed the whirlwind for each size elemental. They detailed the, uh, the uh, oh, what was it? Not the whirlwind, but the, cyc- not the cyclone, the water spout thing they could make as a water elemental. But 3-5 uh, was big into detail, so it was not very shocking that they had so much detail on the elementals. Um, um Let's see. What is Bruce saying to me here? Uh, I just got irritated that my DM wouldn't let me have feats to get around the little petty BS. In 3.0 and 3.5, you only had a feat every third level. I'm bitching about a past DM. Yeah, right on, dude. I mean, I think it's there's got to be a happy, happy medium somewhere. I don't think I would mind it if a rogue specialized against a certain type because maybe maybe your element maybe your rogue is always going into tombs and stuff and facing undead so you learn the secrets of how to hurt undead more to where you can apply your sneak attack i would probably want it to be less than your normal sneak attack but that's just me um um my preference would be that you know in three five i wish they hadn't allowed the rogue to just sneak attack everything um i think you still couldn't sneak attack oozes Bruce, if you're still here, Pathfinder, do rogues get to sneak attack pretty much everything, or do they have to? Are there some creatures like incorporeal creatures you can't sneak attack? Is that what it is? Because then I think an air elemental might be considered unsneak attackable. Yeah, uh, Tonka Todd says RDM always played elemental super deadly. I think they should be. Water would try to drown. Earth blunt your weapons. Oh, blunt your weapons. That's tough. Even magic weapons. That would be a real bummer. <laughs> um be interesting if a very powerful earth elemental could knock pluses off your weapon or bonuses. That would be oh, that would be brutal. That seems a little harsh, but it's good for players. Players need a little harshness. DMs are too kind these days. Need to toughen up. Um now fourth edition. Now, guys, I'm actually gonna give fourth edition a little praise on this, on this shtick. I liked their evocative names. So unfortunately, uh, they brought in something called the Elemental Chaos. Here, their description, their lore, their um, uh, their description of what elementals were was pretty weak. I'm looking at the Monster Manual 1. It says, here is one paragraph. Beyond the world lies a churning maelstrom known as the elemental chaos, where air, earth, fire, water, and energy crash together in an unending cycle of creation and destruction. Creatures of all descriptions live within this primordial realm, but none typify the nature of the plane as much as elementals. Then they go on to describe them in kind of evocative terms. So a fire lasher is an air and fire combination creature, a 
rock fire dreadnought so brimstone and fire so they went for a lot of full-on flavor in terms of the labeling earth wind ravager they had some nice pictures which i can't show you because i'm an idiot and can't mess with my computer or, or online thunder blast cyclone air and water but i think the description of what they were had you never had you never played D before i don't know what that would really tell you it's almost as poorly described as monster as elementals were in the OD&D book. Um, Bruce says, to answer my question, in PF1, incorporeal creatures can't be given precision damage unless the DM cheeses it. Okay. And sneak attack is a type of precision damage. Um, yeah, I, I agree, Patty. It's hard to praise fourth edition, but I'm going to give them a little bit of, little bit of love there. Um, uh, but I do think fourth edition, I mean, if you have the monster manual, it was kind of a pretty book. Um, I actually liked a lot of the pictures. I liked um, the simplicity of the uh, little stat blocks, which are much smaller than, I mean, good Lord. In the end of Dungeon Magazine, they had uh, Demogorgon statted up for three, five. And I think he was a page and a half or two pages of stats. That's ridiculous, man. But um, especially when half those half those abilities don't get used but uh yeah i mean yeah fourth edition fourth edition i don't want to give it too much love i thought it was kind of weird um yeah a tar elemental oh hold on uh iron man says a tar elemental could be called a rare uh, rare earth elemental um patty says i didn't mind fourth it wasn't my favorite but i liked how it was easy to digest it was i th honestly think other than O D and D, no other than a basic a moldvay basic or a mincer basic game i think fourth edition was great for new players to learn how to role play with very simple mechanics um we could get into a whole maybe we'll do a big fourth edition episode because i know people forget about it now but i mean it was a it was a game i didn't care for though i like 13th age and it borrowed a lot of the mechanics um i thought the elementals were a little weak sauce um um oh seventh edition gamma world well, was that the fourth edition so with the seventh edition gamma world hold on wrong one uh, Patty says, I was on my way out halfway through fourth. I still love seventh ed Gamma World. I think that was Gamma World with the fourth edition rules. Yeah, I thought that was kind of appropriate. Um, uh, yeah, that's what Malachi says. 4E worked pretty good for Gamma World. Yeah, I thought it was pretty nice, actually. So a couple of praise here. Tunka Todd says, I like the minion rule. Yep. I didn't like the one hit point part, but I'm good with them being knocked down with one shot. Um, oh, dude, really, Bruce? The gargantuan tar dragon and slumbering czar apparently had some crazy stats. Um, yeah, I yeah, I, I like that. I, I have it actually. I somewhere here I have that box set for the Gamma World. Um, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, it, it played pretty well. Uh, buddy Jeff ran us once and uh, ran us an adventure at Cabin Con. It was fun. We both said this is what fourth edition should have been for. It should have been for Gamma World. Um, Heck, it should have been its own game, really. Um, but then 5th edition comes along. Now, I have this uh, little quote that I pulled from the 5th edition book. And it's describing what elementals are. Talks about um, living elementals on its home plane. It says elementals are incarnations of the elements that make up the universe, air, earth, fire, water. 
though little more than animated energy on their own planes of existence. Now, does that imply they're just energy? They're not actually, I don't know what that means. They can be called on by spellcasters and powerful beings to take shape and perform tasks. Living elements on its home plane, an elemental is a bodiless life force. Its dim consciousness manifests as a physical shape only when focused by the power of magic. A wild spirit of elemental force has no desire except to course through the element of its native plane. These the material plane, these elemental spirits have no society or culture and little sense of being. That is from the fifth edition uh, monster. Show. Oh, you're already in fifth edition? Yeah, we can go back if you want. Um, I just continued on. Um, Oh, that's cool. I mean, there's not there's not a whole lot of difference between elementals between the additions as far as I'm concerned, except relative strength. Sometimes they're a little tougher, sometimes they're not. But and they they do have some odd ones, like you were talking about the blood elemental. I guess my basic uh, objection to the weird elementals yeah. is that you've got your four pl primary planes. Air, yes. earth, fire, and water. Blood doesn't fit in that at all. No, I mean, you could, though, in your world, you could say a blood elemental is just the label they give it. It's some, some, uh, some, uh, some, uh, what, what would it be? Liquid that takes shape and acts like an elemental. Um, that would be, yeah, I, I get it. Uh, what did you think of the para elementals? I didn't talk about the. The plane of ooh. those are the in between, the oh, in between planes when the elemental planes would yeah, smoke. That's with. also something that I thought was kind of a reach, reachy, yeah, reaching. Let's make some more one, more. Uh, let's make elementals that aren't elementals, but call them elementals and explain away, kind of do it in a hand wavy kind of way, like ooze. Wasn't there an ooze elemental? Yes, yep, and it's dumb. Oh, do you was it first edition in the was it in the Monster Manual 2? The time elemental. That was that dude was crazy powerful. Time stop at will. Oh yeah, and the age all everything you can think of that time would do. Yeah, you get, you know, hundred years, thousand years. Oh, great. Yay. Yeah, they were they were sick dudes. Yep. Yeah, and I see a fifth edition version of the time elemental. Yeah. But I was talking while you're gone about how, um, Oh, Arman says, I do not know. Not sure why magic would be required to call forth the elemental into a, into a being of sorts. Yeah. Fifth edition implies Joe that on the elemental planes, they're just disembodied spirits flowing through the element and it takes magic to bring them into form. Yeah, um, well, that's a little more codified way of saying how they, they, appeared on the prime plane anyway i mean i guess you could say the ones that that had their own intelligence could find ways to get here um and they're like uh was it iron man there could be accidental ways to do it as well but primarily i would say i i would agree that you would need magic to bring something especially Something that doesn't probably want to even come here in the first place. Yeah, so, yeah, true. Why would it come? Want to come here? It's like us wanting to go there. Have to have a good reason. Yeah, and it needs magic to to go there because our planes aren't coexistent. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about the fifth edition. Um, oh, Darth Vee brings it up. We're going to talk about it. If they're not actually living creatures, but just energy, how do they breed with humans to make the Genasari? The Genasi, I believe the Genasi, yeah. I don't think they were, were they elementals? I thought that I, my my very limited research. Yeah. It was Genasi were, were, were elemental or elemental beings. Yes, but they were based Partially. on, but, but they were based on, the air genasi were a person and a degeni, degen. Yeah, they weren't pure elemental, right? Correct. They, they or, a uh, it could be um, elemental. What were the the fiery human. dwarf ones? The oh, those were azers, right? Yeah, no, those were elementals, right? Okay. Yeah, they were elementals. Yeah, they were kind of halvesies. Yeah, that's what Cal yeah. said. No more halvesies. Yeah, you can't have that in the new 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 fifth edition, which is coming out next year. Not I could edition. see. So it was fantastic uh places mm -hmm. like our games are in mm -hmm. having uh humans having connection to elemental forces and it becoming part of their being but yeah an, uh, an earth elemental and a human having offspring doesn't make any sense whatsoever no so it, no, it would it, have to be a mm -hmm. creature that has some part of its natural being Close, closely related to it, but it wouldn't be a full elemental. It'd be something like an Azer or a, or a Genie, like you're saying, because they're all like air or a Merid. I think a Merid is fire based. Merid is water. It's a water. Water. It's a water. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So there's there are different kinds of genies, and they're basically those are would be the ones you could. But I still think that it would be difficult for you to have offspring. Um. Yeah. It says Genasi. I think they first came around. Correct me. In the planescape setting, um, they were considered plane-touched mortals. Uh, the first uh, mortal and elemental parent genies are especially common parents, but intelligent elemental beings could do it as well. So, yeah, so it looks like they were right. Whoever said that first, was it Malachi or Darth? There was some elemental stuff. Yes, we do mean Genasi, Mar Hawkman. Yes, Genasi. Yeah, Genasi. So that's what I'm talking about. Um, so, yeah, you could have... In a fantastic setting, you could have races that have a have a mystical tie to an element, and that's just part of their nature. I mean, are, are aquatic elves sort of? Would you consider aquatic elf a sort of water based? I mean, a water elemental? Yeah, you could. I wouldn't know about it. I wouldn't. Wouldn't use elemental. You could. You could mm -hmm. in your in your campaign world say that they are right. But that's only one explanation for what a, a water elf would be. They could just be aquatic, and that's just what they are. Redshift is in my corner. If it hasn't been mentioned, I like the Planescape Elemental Planes. Good job, Redshift. You are correct. <laughs> because yes, the Planescape oh, Planes awesome. are in all ways superior, <laughs> according to Randy. Yes, not really, but I did. Dude, at one time, I was into it. I got all the books, dude. I, got, I spent the money to prove it. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. But yeah, there's some, um, yeah, I mean. I mean, you could say humans are water-based because we're 70% water. <laughs> I get it. I mean. I, I remember liking the Genasi when they came out, came out. I just, I wasn't as worried about it when I was running planes. If you run a, if you run a planescape campaign, you really can't. I mean, if, if you're going to say, "Oh, there's no mixed races and there's no no other weirdo races," okay, but you got a weird planar cosmology. I mean, if, if they if they don't exist, if there's not some weirdness going on out in the plains, I'm not sure what you're doing. 
and how it's any different. Well, you can have those weird planes without there necessarily being half races. Oh, I don't mean just half. I mean a genasi, or, a mix of some sort, or just I like a that. genasi doesn't necessarily need to be a mixture. I mean, that's no, just the way no. that's been put forth. You could have genasi that are naturally that naturally have a, a mystical connection to some element. So, um, well, okay. So, um, take Farscape, for example, mm -hmm. right? You had the blue girl in, uh, in Farscape, right? She was plant-based. Okay. But she's not the product of humans and plants getting it on. Right. Okay. She's just based her, the, the world that she comes from, uh, plants evolved into sentient human, uh, humanoid shapes. So you could have some sim similar explanation for a fantastic race that has a deep connection to some element that, um, that, uh, maybe some mystical connection to the plane of fire or earth or water or whatever. And it's just part of their makeup. Yeah. And you don't, they don't necessarily need to be a half race. They are a full race and it's just part of how they, who they are. Not that it's a big deal that there's half races. It's just odd that you could see an, an elemental and a human, even if it's a genie. Right. Just because a genie has humanoid shape doesn't mean that they can create offspring with humans. Sure. Uh, Our man says freaking nature. That'd be fine. Uh, Mar Hawkman uses the classic chimera approach, meaning yeah. it could be he's talking not the chimera, the three-headed beast, but his example is, I mean, like using magic to fuse a human with the fire elemental. You could magic could justify sure. that, and it would yeah, be and then they could be. You could have uh, um, half cr creatures just being unique beings. Yep. Right. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. even that, that wizard who figured out how how to do that or whatever whatever uh, type of uh, spellcaster it was, might have made a few of them. And you could have different sorts. I know that they have, um, they go to town with it, though. Yeah. Like um, all the templated creatures, yes. right? So those could all, instead of having like billions of them, you could have just a few and they're unique creatures. Yeah. Everything else would be normal for a fantasy world. Maybe and have, a have a few mage, templated creatures. A powerful mage, like, you know, an arc mage that just enjoyed creating new creatures. That'd be interesting. Uh, Bruce said something that adds to, we're usually have, the, we're going to have a segment on alternate takes on how you can use elementals differently. And Bruce has a beautiful idea. I started, you should have an air elemental version of Egg Shin from Big Trouble in Little China. Come help your casters be a mentor and teach them spells like levitate and fly. That would be interesting if that's how you learn, like even if conceptually in your world, imagine this to Bruce and everyone else. What if that's how wizards learn spells? They had to make deals like in the Moorcock, the Moorcock books, Elric and so on. They had to make, de make deals with creatures of chaos and powers, elemental powers to learn magic. So maybe to learn spells related to air or, you know, you could, you could even divide your spells that way and say, Hey, you have to contact creatures. Maybe that's how wizards study. They contact. Well, what if they're force ghosts? What? Like having it's oh. like having your mentor is a force ghost. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's uh, one way of um, encapsulating a force ghost. It's not. It's made of force in Star Wars, but in a fantasy world, it's an air elemental. 
Or oh, yeah. Yeah, so, that, yeah, that would actually be a very cool. I could see basing a whole world off that idea. It's a good idea, Bruce. That's cool. I would, I would, I would even consider that. I mean, just to add to the flavor of spell learning and stuff to the sure uh, a perspective like, wizard character. Uh, it would be great lore that they uh, at a young age they uh, they form a bond mm -hmm. with a, uh, a a being. Yeah. No matter you know you just pick your how you're going to do it. It's an elemental creature or it's a former human who's who's attained the status and now what they do is they find a young human or elf or whatever and form this mystic bond and become their mentor and teach them magic. Yep. Yeah, Armin says you could even have like the four elements could be four different teachers in progression. Yeah. Maybe it gets more difficult. Maybe maybe earth is the easiest because it's what you stand on. And then next would be mastering fire and then air because it's hard to grab hold on. And then water because it has all the different, I don't know, whatever, do whatever you want. I don't have an idea. I don't know. Um, I've always like, and who doesn't like this idea? I've always wanted to have fire mages and ice mages and shadow right. mages. And, right. you know, they always sound super cool. And the not that I, an earth mage, maybe not, though you could, at one time I played around with something called Geomancy. I had kind of a wizard that was a, I did this in late second edition in Planescape in this one campaign. No, it wasn't Planescape. It was pre-Planescape. I think you were already in the military. And I had this Geomancer that was teaching these interesting elemental spells to one of the wizards in the group. It was kind of fun. Um, yeah, but I, I always thought that was a cool idea of a, of a character. Ah, the poop demon. Of course this is going to come up or come out as what a about so now it's going to talk about a poop elemental. Well, if there is such thing as a poop elemental, then they have to come from the plane of poop. <laughs> oh yes, that has to exist. Now that would be in 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 second edition. That's where all the para, para elementals came. Yeah, from. it's a para elemental yeah, plane right. of poop. So this would be a para elemental plane of poop, <laughs> or maybe a, um, a an alternate version of the ooze. Yes, there elemental. you go. Yeah. So right next to the yeah. garbage plane where ooze meets garbage plane. That'd be great, dude. <laughs> that would be a that would be a, a horrible place to have to go visit. <laughs> There's your staff of the Magi, Joe, floating in the plane of poop. Do you still want it? <laughs> it was deposited there somehow. Well, you know, there's uh that uh toilet uh mimic was created by breaking a staff of the magi. Oh, so maybe it reformed in the plane elemental plane of poop after it <laughs> created this that the toilet mimic. Iron Man's got it. That's where it would be. It would the be sewers of hell. Poop elemental for sure. Would hell have sewers though, or would it just be there yeah. in the midst of everything? I don't know. And Flady asked a very important question: plane of poop. Isn't that San Francisco? They have an app. Yeah. They have a, there is a poop app. <laughs> and Martinson, the only way to access it is a portal through an outhouse. <laughs> oh, t-shirts. What would the portal key be to go to the poop elemental uh, plane of poop? You'd have to wipe a cow patty, perhaps. Oh, a cow patty would be the key. <laughs> T-shirt that says no, guys. It would definitely come from fifth edition. Poop elemental from the plane of Watsy. We're all poop flows. That's right. truth. That's truth right there. <laughs> oh my goodness.
Larry says he calls that one crappy idea, but I'm Oh, that's a dad joke. No, I haven't. Bruce says, "Have did you ever meet the poop monster in Conker's Bad Fur Day? I don't know that. Is that a movie or a book? I've never heard of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, I've got an idea for what the poop elemental would look like. Hold on. Uh oh, oh, I know what he's bringing. He bringing the emoji, Joe. Is that your? Is that a tail? Is that your? There you go. <laughs> oh no, that'd be a great mini." That could be the mini. It's not very frightening, though. No, I but guess, it's, though, if, if it was, if it was like eight feet tall, you could draw. Could be, you could draw little teeth on the on the mouth, make it look scary. Little red teeth. Yeah. Or little. Or teeth. you just you have a little thought bubble. Er, ar, er, or something. Or like little that. little little yellow pieces of corn for teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be sick. Oh, uh, I do think poop is funny, guys. I could talk about poop all day. Mm. Maybe that would be one of its special attacks. Yeah. Stream you know, of corn. Do you remember the, I ran a, a, a several, we called them arena adventures. Remember I did the elemental arena where I had like one for fire, one for air, one for earth, and one for water? That I remember was, I remember it very vaguely. Very vaguely. That was, I ran those adventures multiple times. They were kind of fun. They were competitive scenarios where you had to get, to certain places by certain times. Remember the different teams were competing, but that was kind of fun. I remember the water one you played, you played it in the adventure and you were like a, a brand new character, which in Elysium was six level. And you were playing a bunch of ninth and 10th level guys. And you, cause you were playing that, uh, what was that creature? Uh, uh, something summoner with the, that had the skin over top of it from a uh, pathfinder. Um, yeah. Um, it was a weird kind of summoner, right? Yeah. Synth. Synthesis, synth summoner, something, yeah, like, something that. like that. Synthesis, yeah. synthesis, yeah, yeah. He would have, he had like a, yeah, it was a weird, it was a weird class that was. I tried to make it work, but it really didn't. Man of War, neighbor of the beast says, I've worked in gravity sewer business for 30 plus years. I've seen things that will haunt your waking, waking mind. <laughs> Bruce knows all about the elemental plane of poop. He does. Bruce is he probably deals heard. in that all the time. He probably has but a he, key. He probably knows what the portal key is. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. Elementals in general. What, what do you think of them, John? Are, are they good foes? Are they, are they, I think they Yeah. Have. I think that they can be good foes. But you have to be careful. I don't like a lot of things in D and D. At mid to low levels, almost any kind of monster can be fun—a fun opponent. Right. It can be deadly. Mm -hmm. But once you get firmly into the mid levels and high level, especially high level, elementals are pretty much not worth even fighting. Cal says it's excremental. Uh, <laughs> definite dad joke. This is a great group, man. You guys are bringing it. Yeah. Awesome. Experimental. Yeah, the elementals have to, I don't think they'll be in my top three when I rank them, but I'm probably going to have to put them in my top ten just because I use them all the time. I've You'd have to use, like, the the highest hit die elementals in swarms. Oh, high, the level. high level characters, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, dude. Bruce says, I would love to own this. The City of Brass. That big 3-0 or 3-5 book by Frog God Games, Necrovazor. Oh, that's a beautiful looking book. 
Well, if you're in the city of Brass, that's pretty. I think that's coterminal with one of the one or more of the elemental planes. I think it sits in the fire plane, plane of fire elemental. It's controlled by. Uh, um, I think it's controlled by who's the Afrit Lord. There's lots of Afridis too. So right, so you would expect that to be some uh, a place of power, and it would be. Yeah. The elementals there and the other creatures would be difficult to deal with. But yeah. when you bring them, when the elementals that you expect to encounter on the plane, on the prime plane, um, 16 hit dice is generally like the upper end. Well, Bruce says he has them. He has the books. He has that book. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little jealous, Bruce. Yeah. Unless you go, um, unless you um, go a different route with the elementals, and you use them as an idea, and then you just do your own thing as far as far as their powers and their hit dice and all that stuff. If um, as I know, the, when, the way you were at, with uh, third edition toward, or Pathfinder toward the end of our yeah our run with that, mm -hmm. you had made that table yeah right that challenge table. Then yeah. you can just plop those stats onto an elemental. And then have a few interesting powers, yeah. and then you just run with it that way. I think elemental is is um, they have some interesting ones from the, the the main game, but I think it's more interesting as a concept and um, less so in impl implementation, especially yeah. mid to high, mid to high level. But the, right. that, maybe that's not a great. That may not be a great. Um, Right, it may not mean a whole lot because mid to high level in D and D, lots of things break down as well, far as challenge. As far as challenge goes, but even mindless elementals aren't so. I mean, mindless foes are generally not great for high level characters. I mean, even giants. If you got a no, because they're they're generally fodder. Yeah, and so they're good. You know, you can make you can do like you know put templates on them, like Bruce would say, or you could add character levels to giants. It would be weird to add character levels to. Elementals. I feel like genies and the uh, Jin, Jin and Efridi uh, would be a better, a better, a better one later. Yeah, long shot. Would... Take care, buddy. Good night. Long shot. Bye, bye. Yeah. Take yeah, care. I buddy. think that. Um, yeah, just regular elementals. You wouldn't put character levels on that on those guys. No, I don't think so. No. But I, if I you're like going them. to go with genies and like you're saying. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think the idea of elementals are great. I think. I think it'd be fun. Like, should we get back to Mud Sword? And I've been thinking that we should. I feel like you and I should get back to Mud Sword. I have a lot of ideas for that. Um, I think one of the things I would like to do is just play the game and not have them. I'm like, just me create them on the fly as we're as I'm going to use them and just see how they play in the game. And I, I was thinking how it would be fun in a, in a game that we're writing if we do one for ourselves. I would like the elementals to be very interesting. And I think in a new game that you're play testing, you guys won't know what to expect. You know, an orc in our game may not be an orc in D and D. You know, an elemental in our game could be very different than elemental in D and D. Well, here's a here's a different take on elementals. I mean, thematically, how it's tied to the setting. There's a a book. Um, oh, can't remember. Uh, can't remember. I think it's called Rune Lords. Uh huh. Well, Rise up. From no, not rise. Of, no, no, no. They were called. They were either rune lords or rune masters or something like that. And in it, the spellcasters all established a kind of a connection to an elemental type. Mm 
So you had fire wizards who had fire elementals inside them. And um, the different elementals treated their uh, hosts in a different way. Oh, okay. The fire and the air elementals ended up turning or uh, had the potential to turn their hosts evil if they Ooh. weren't already. Yeah. And so a fire element, a fire wizard um, could, if they lost control, they could do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. But they, but um, it, depending on situation, but if they, if they totally gave, gave themselves in, they would become a huge fire elemental. Oh, wow. It would go berserk and kill everything in its path until it burned out. And it would eventually burn out on its own, right? As long as it didn't, well, even if it had fuel nearby, it would eventually burn out. Oh. Um, so it would last like an hour. And would no. just destroy everything. So an, an air elemental, so the air, the masters of air, they could end up, they could potentially fly. Then, then they could, um, but then they would eventually, what else? They would kind of go crazy because oh, okay. they would lose, they would lose their mind, and uh, not because they they weren't well grounded, so to speak. They lost touch with reality. Oh, okay. Become ghost-like. Hey, can you... uh, Go ahead. hmm? No, go ahead. Finish, finish. The the earth and the water elementals were more friendly to humans, and you didn't have too many problems with them. Uh, The water elementals were healers. Oh. And the... uh, And so were the earth elementals. Well, earth users. So... um, and they all had some unique things about them, but you didn't have you didn't have a problem with becoming possessed with the earth. The one earth guy wasn't really didn't really have a problem with getting possessed. Mm-hmm. You could with the water, you could be kind of becoming like <laughs> right. You could end up becoming um, like a dolphin, oh. some kind of water creature. Yeah. You would be able to swim underwater, and uh, and you would you would leave kind of the full the. Um, you leave humanity behind, right? But could still be like contacted and help. Ah, they were they could become helpful. They were still intelligent, and they were intelligent. Yeah. Um. So it, I'd have to read it again to um, remember all of the the various details. But that was a that. But there weren't like free floating elementals all over the place. They, they had very strict limits. The fire ones, like I said, they would burn out. And the, the air ones, they become like ghost, ghost-like creatures. But they all it was a very different take on the whole thing. Gotcha. I'm going to try to share this picture. Bruce has shared in our uh, Discord. Oh, uh, I can do that. You want me to? Yeah, I'm going to try, but I'm sure I can't. Um, no, I can't. So if you can find that picture. it's City under- of Brass. Yeah, dude, that is a beautiful. That's the one I'm talking about. I'm a little jealous. I want to pray for forgiveness. I'm a little jealous of Bruce. That's awesome. That's a beautiful, beautiful book. Oh, there's a newest one. Oh, I didn't know that. He said, Bruce, there's a newest uh, Frog God game, City of Brass is 1 to 20. It's for OD&D. OD&D and 5e. Dig it. Interesting. How much is it to buy, though? Probably a lot. 
Joe's trying to find the picture. This is the is the one you're sh- Joe's about to show us. I believe is a Pathfinder version. Oh yeah. Okay, let That's me a choose color. a different. Is that a different? Can you not make it larger? That's what I'm getting ready to do. Yeah, it's really cool. Not that one, but that one. Yeah. Ooh. Look at that, though. That's sweet. Look at Bruce holding that piece of awesome. Yeah, I remember for years, the City of Brass was talked about for third edition. Um, wow. Yeah. That's Necromancer cool. Games. It's yeah. a little blurry. Bruce it's Necromancer Bruce. Games D20 product. Made for 3.0. Okay, right on. Sorcery. Yeah, that was a good line of products. I yes, thought. it was. They had some great ones. I have a bunch of, I should review the, uh, we should go do a retro review of that, the first Sword and Sorcery uh, campaign setting. Um, what was that? Dang it. With uh, kind of the Greek god type thing, um, the Mithril Golem over the city of Mithril. Uh, Bruce has talked about the Halophost. What was the name of the setting? Um, dang it. I am losing my mind. I love that setting. I played the crap out of it. Let me turn around. I'm sorry, guys. I see the back of my head. I have it here somewhere. Actually, it's probably better than the front of your head. Fair enough. Um, yeah. I don't. Dang it. Hello, Faust. Wasn't that the name of the setting? Scarlands. No, Bruce. Scarlands. That's it. That, that was my oh first. yeah, Scarred Lands. Yeah, that was a good setting. My first one to twenty third edition campaign. Did you know their monster manual came out before the monster manual in three L? Yeah, yeah. It was, um, and they had some crazy. Some of the rules were like not. They didn't know the rules exactly right, so they right. Had yeah, things. But I think that their lore was pretty cool. Their lore was awesome. Yeah, I should. Run I mean, it. it was a take on the Titan story, right? But it was well. I mean, dude. I mean, how many new stories are there? I say right, but it was a cool well, take on it. Yeah, it's yeah. a cool take on it. Yeah, I have, I have like somewhere I have all the books. I mean, pretty much every. I'm going to say, Randy, that you having you plugged in hardwired mm-hmm. is much better because you're not doing any pixelating or okay. no nothing, no stopping or anything like that. So I think right it's on. good. We'll it's go good, this, good, good. We'll go this route from here on forward. Yeah, so I I would say. Uh, Soon we'll have another couple of uh, monster mashes. I feel like we're near the end of this one. And we will then sum up the total. Joe and I will rank them for our favorite monsters. Uh, Martinson says City of Brass for 5e uh, Frog Gun Games is 100 bones. Hmm. I don't think I would buy that for 5e. I I would be tempted to buy it for OD&D. I would be. You mean the sword and sorcery version that we just saw? I think that was 3.0. I'd be buy, I'd buy that one too, but I don't know if I can get a hold is there, of it. Is, so there's a um, there's a different version for all of them. Someone was saying, I believe, was that Arn Man? Uh, let me go find his statement. Uh, someone said, where was? Oh it? wow, O D and D and five E. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, Arn Man said, O S R one E three E five E edition. <sighs> Excuse me. Wow. Right on. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Best streaming quality so far. Worth a like. So have have I always been pixelated like since forever? We've had issues with that, either me or oh. you. Okay. So once I solved mine, you still had yours. And you never know how much bleed so the Wi Fi. Wi Fi was probably the deal then. Yeah. 
Sword and Wizardry is also 90. Can I buy that from Sword and Wizardry, the $99 one? That would be neat. Yeah, look at that. I know it's expensive, but that book is that book is big and it's how many pages is that book? Probably 500. Someone yeah. said there was 209 maps or something like that. Holy crap. Yeah, I saw yeah, Iron Man says the PDF half I have of City of Brass has 209 maps. Beat that with a stick, dude. I dare you. That's pretty sweet. 209 adventures is what I say. At least. Oh. Cal got his Swords and Wizardry version for 30 bucks. Well played, sir. And it's it's usable for any oh yeah. D20 game. Yeah. You get matter. it for Swords and Wizardry, you'd be able to adapt that fairly easily to anything D D. Probably anything anything fantasy related. Yeah. Most of it's the flavor. Um three books in it, it like three sixty-four page books for the three O version. Oh, okay. I didn't know. According to Bruce. It looked like a hardback to me. I thought it was a hardback. Three was it three hard fifty-four page hardback? Well, you had there's a three O version, but there's different versions. So yeah, maybe there is a single volume. I think I would one lean, of the versions. I would lean toward the Swords and Wizardry version if I could get it. Yeah. All right. So yeah. I would imagine it would probably also be the easiest to convert to all the different things. Yeah, there's not as many rules. Yeah. Right. Or the one E version would be bad either. Right. Oh, well. All right. We want to tell them to uh, do the things. Oh, hold on. Tonka Todd's got a question. You can do it. Subscribe. Hit the likes. All that. Subscribe. Good. Do all the things. I don't know if it's. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Tonka Todd asks, I don't. Never played in the City of Brass. What is the module about? I do believe it's more of a setting. So the City of Brass is within the plane of elemental fire. It's run by Afridis. Uh, it is friendly to humans. They have set up, they have magic around it so that um, you could survive it you, if you went there as a human. Um, but you are dealing with Afridis, so watch out. Oh, is it a Arn level? Someone said it's level one to 20. Thanks, Iron Man. Yeah, well, depending. Yeah, I mean, you could play. Uh, you could play levels one to twenty with that, but it might have been a module. Was was it a module? I thought it was just a setting, but there's probably adventures in there, Tonka Todd. But the city of Brass was even mentioned in the old AD and D dungeon map. I can't. I can't imagine it not being a, at least a mid level setting. You know, why take your first level characters there to get you know squished right instantly uh, by anything. Bruce says you adventure into the city. Eventually, you can try and kill the Sultan of the city and take over the city. Oh, yeah, that would be why. And why? If you have a reason. But if you're a powerful wizard, you only know, get pissed off. It is a module. Bruce says, "Okay, okay, okay, all right, cool." I still would like to have. Well, it. The, the Sultan of the city of Brass is probably not a nice person, um, or may not be a nice person. I know that. Pretty uh, evil. In, in the. Um, Description of the Manual of the Planes. Mm -hmm. They have a description. They have a um, an excerpt, a quote-unquote excerpt from the Manual of the Planes that is about the city of Brass. And whoever's running it doesn't seem nice. Yeah. Bruce clarifies further. He says, 
the 3.0 version is 10th to 20th level, OD and D and 5e take you on the long journey from 1 to 20. And Calvin's. Oh, I talked about this last week. This new Savage World edition on Kickstarter. I kicked it. I didn't do the big bundle. I just got the book. 40 bucks, including shipping and, and handling. So I did it, Joe. I caved in. So, yep. What the heck? Is it the City of Brass? No, to no. the Savage Swords and Wizardry is on Kickstarter. Oh, there's a new sword. Okay. That yeah. doesn't use the. Um, so complete. The one- Revised complete sword, swords and wizardry or something. <laughs> but, yeah, it doesn't use the OGL. Is that what I they're saying? Don't think so. I'm trying to look it up and, and tell you. Oh, it's four hundred. The city of brass that we've been talking about is four hundred and forty pages. Dude, I like big books, and I cannot lie. That's a mule. That's what we called in the old days a mule choker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Kickstarter for uh, Swords and Wizardry complete. This is a perfect OSR RPG in his opinion, somebody's opinion. Yeah. So the fifth printing um, and it's hit fifty k. I think you're looking at thirty five dollars just to get the hardback. Six days to go. So when is the uh... What is it? When is it looking like it's going to be fulfilled? Um, I believe fulfillment. Let me find it. Uh, let me get the one with the hardback. That's the one that I ordered. So just the book, November, twenty twenty three. That's not bad. No. Most of the time, it's like three years down the road. Um, and I got, and I got the box set recently. That was pretty quick. They were pretty smooth about getting it to you. I, I mean, so, I, I trust um, those dudes. So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're a reputable company. So how long is that going on for? We've got six more days, people. Um, looking pretty good, though. I would, uh, it's a hundred and they're 108,000 in for their $1,000 goal. That's <laughs> a wow. pretty, good, pretty little blue book, man. I, I just posted the link for those that are interested. It's only 35 bucks. So, if you want the revised rules, it's kind of like a OD&D meets 1E kind of game. You've uh, you played a little bit of it at Cabin Con. It's pretty basic, but it's it's a nice little game. Well, they're I, they're they're revising the rules though, so yeah, right. Just, um, revising the rules. How can I say it? Um, uh, major changes made from its source materials was whittling the number of saving. To, uh, hold on. Um, Is it? It's um, the first not, to not be released under the OGL. Okay, so it's a non-OGL, so they're probably changing it somewhat they have to they're probably going to change some wording but it's probably not going to really change how it's played i believe matt finch and james mashuski the guys who did osric back in the day i don't think they they just made it (laughs) and they printed it in england and like screw you watsy they didn't do anything like that so right no ogl yeah well, the OGL didn't really exist. Uh, well, it did exist technically because it was 3.0. The OGL that was worth something. Yeah. Um, um, he says, uh, Bruce says that set, Swords and Wizard had a box set three years ago. Di- digest side, too hard to read and pain in the ass to share with friends. New version will be table friendly. Let me grab mine because I don't know if I saw it that way, Bruce. You might be right, though. I don't mind the digest side stuff, size stuff. 
you see here. Ah, it was small. I thought it was kind of, I thought the box was kind of, kind of evocative and cool. Looked pretty neat. Hmm. But uh, Bruce might be right. It might be kind of small. I thought it looked all right. I really like the box. The box is pretty. I uh, I bought it. Oh, and even the box has got some art on it. Um, there's the side of the box. Not bad. And came some dice. You can tell I spent a lot of time with the referee book. Um, yeah, that's fair. It's pretty small print. Oh, yeah. With my glasses on, I can read it. Ship combat, naval combat is much slower than aerial combat. So, I mean, just pretty easy to read. Um, I did like the the little, I just, you know me, I told you last week, I'm just a sucker for cool looking books, you know? So they come in all these different books and they got spells and magic and they got a little uh, book uh, mark, monsters book. That's the character sheet. Full size character sheet yeah. right there, that little dude. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, yeah, to each their own. I just thought it was cool. It's easy. It's easy to play, which I love it. It's just a simple version of D and D. You get a taste of old school. Got the sweet, boring dice, but it came with it. It wasn't terribly expensive. I think it was seventy bucks or something. Just a beautiful little box. I'm a sucker for these things. Uh, yeah, fair enough. He says he likes Savage Worlds or Swords and Wizardry, but doesn't use the box that much. Yeah, fair enough. Or the game. Huh? Or he the also game? says, or the game. He <laughs> likes it, but he doesn't play it. Essentially, yeah. is what he's saying. Well, he's a Pathfinder. He's a Pathfinder guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's an inspirational reading. That's okay. That's a good enough reason anything else. All right. Shall we move into our second topic? This is going to be a quick hit and hard target, I think. Yes. Let's okay. do it. So this is a discussion of pregens or no pregens, um, and I and I want to consider it for um, different situations. I would say at a convention, even though this year at CabinCon I'm going to attempt to let people make first level thirteenth age characters. That doesn't mean they have to make it during the session, but they probably will. Um, what do you think? At a convention, especially like CabinCon, I really prefer pregens, unless you have a character that you're playing again yourself. Yeah, I don't see uh, convention games are perfect for pregens. Would you be at all if I had a group of pregen characters for Hyperborea and I just laid them at the table and said, "Hey, why don't you try these?" Would you be at all interested? Do you think you could be like, "Oh, I like this pregen. I would like to play this dude." Yeah, uh, a new game system. Especially one, if we're not even sure we're going to keep playing it, but mm -hmm. we want to try it out, right. pre-gens are good for that too. I think so too. I think Because even that way you get right into the play. Right. Especially a game like Hyperborea or any any of the old school uh, clones. Yep. Uh, we're already mostly familiar with it. So we don't necessarily need, some games you need to make your character to get more familiar with the game. Yeah. So I, I think like we did that with um when you guys helped me play test my OSE game at VengerCon, I just gave you six level pre-gems. Um right. If Mar most of the stuff that's on the sheet are terms and things like that that you're familiar with, then pre-gens work really well. You can get up and running really fast. Um Jack the 71st says he would go with 
pre-gens for Hyperborea, especially one-shots. Is there a place yeah. I can get those, by the way, Jack, the 71st? Are there some of those available somewhere? Um, everybody's saying for one-shots for sure. Uh, Mar Hawkman said early on, he goes, maybe bring pre-gen sheets and let players modify. If, they're, if they want to spend the time, yeah. Um, oh, and Castles and Crusades. That's a game that's going to be on our, ta our table. Yeah. I think I'll probably, if I can find pre-gens for those, that would be great. Um, oh, Mar Hockman giving us some clues. I better write this down. He loves the Waifs of Boreas tool. Is that just an online tool I can use? I've never heard of that one. No. Waifs of the Borea tool for making characters. He said it's so quick making a new character. Yeah. Can I just Google that, Mar? That would be cool. Yeah. Um, are there times, though, I, kinda, I know at CabinCon you have a character for 13 days, your Brock guy, your fighter dude. It's a PDF document. Oh, okay. I may have that then. Is it just a – I'll look into that. I think I do. He says it's a PDF document. I may have that from – It must be a um, form fillable. Maybe, yeah. It's yeah, on the I'm North Wind Adventure site. You know, I think I downloaded that, more. I think I do have it on my computer, so I will have to check that out. Um. How about Castles and Crusades? Be great to find. Them. I'm all, I'm always on the lookout for pregens. I love having bunches of pregens. I've got a boatload for 13 days. You got a boatload of what's called archetype cards for Savage Worlds and all their different world. I mean, almost all their settings now. I have archetype cards. I wish they would make some for Rippers, but they haven't yet. Uh, Iron Man suggests having equipment kits or bundles help make quick characters. Yeah. Especially with CabinCon coming up, I, I always suggest to people that are you know running CabinCon for the first time that you uh, bring those uh, pre-gens. It's pretty important. I just, put, I just put the link to it in our private chat and the regular chat to Waves of the Boreas. No. Oh, I see. Mar says it is um, what it is. It's a set of rules for randomized characters, but random roles are optional. Okay. Bruce says for CNC, Castles and Crusades, you just need 3D6 ATF all the way forward. <laughs> all the way forward. I don't, know, I don't know what ATF is. Choose your racing class. No real hard decisions for that. Nope. Need for pre-gens. Um, I think when we're playing at a con, pre-gens are, even at Cabin Con, if, if you're introducing a new game like Martinson's going to be running um, G.I. Joe, uh, so is Halcyon H., you need to have pre-gens. I mean, if you're going to, unless you're planning on like, I'm going to run, you know, unless you're not, especially at Cabin Con, we, we're not as set in stone. If you're like, I'm going to make characters for an hour and a half, two hours, then we're going to play for four or five hours. You can do that. But if you're at Gen Con or some other formalized convention, like Big Geek Con, we're going to give you four hour time slots. Now you could have a game that runs over. I don't care. Or you could say, I'm running for nine hours, Randy, screw you. And I'm like, that's fine. But generally speaking, um, yeah. Um, I think I, I think I prefer prefer those for conventions, and I would with any kind of new game. Um, have you played with my Savage Worlds archetypes, Joe? Those cards that I have for like Deadlands and stuff—they're going to be there, at Cabin Con this year. I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, those. Pretty good size. Um, hey, did you did you see the uh, link I put in private chat? I did not private. Okay, I'm click. I'm clicking that link. Oh, 
You just did it. Look at you be cool. I feel like I may have this, but you know what? I'm saving it again anyway. Just in case. Oh, is that for third edition? Oh, it's for Hyperborea third edition. Excellent. Cool. Joe just did me a solid yo. Yo. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Green Apple. It's important to make a character to really learn the system. But if you just want to sit down and play, um, I think I think pregens are great. Bruce clarifies, I completely disagree with needing pregens for castles and crusades. ATF means as they fall. Okay, fair enough. It's up to you, man. Do what you want to do. I don't know. I don't know the game well enough. I'd have to look at it. Oh, well, okay. Maybe uh, it's semantics. When he says needing. Oh. I don't think we are saying in this that it's necessary. No, I think I we're saying that it's it's uh, makes can make things run smoother at cons. Yeah, you can just sit down and play. What about Pathfinder? Would you want to roll up Pathfinder characters, even first first level Pathfinder characters? I mean, I could do it pretty fast for a one shot at a con. No, I wouldn't want to, but I could do it. No. No. I might it, have it, a bunch of characters, and I can just set something down. But it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I don't think pregens are needed, but I think at conventions and one-shots, they're really, really nice. Are any situation where you just want to sit down and play with as little fuss as possible, a pregen will accomplish that yeah. in any game. Now, some games may not be conducive to that, mm -hmm. especially the, the ones that are really complex mm -hmm. um, or that... I don't know if you have um, not life cycle. Yeah, character you have a traveler, life yeah. path, life path. I have a life path type character creation. It's a lot of the games that's kind of optional. You don't have to do that, but you can. It all depends on which game. But yeah, um, if you want to sit down and play, you don't want to worry about anything else. Pregens. That's what facilitates that. And I understand some character creation, um, some some games, character creation is so fast. Mm -hmm. um, you roll 3d6, you choose your class, or your class is chosen for you based on your roles. But that still takes time. So if you have a four-hour slot and you want to have four hours of gaming, here's a pre-gen. Let's start. I think that's the best. Now, Bruce, he's swearing he's done this. He ran a Pathfinder campaign at East Peoria Spring Offensive in 2010 and had the players leveling up their characters as we played the main campaign in Tolis, City by the Spire, good plug, made it 1 to 11. So you started at 1 and went to 11, Bruce? That's some effort, dude. Over a weekend? Yeah. Oh, dig it. We ran all the slots. Okay. Okay. So all day, every day of the con. Yeah, that's 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 serious business, dude. That's twelve hours of gaming for three, four days. You're the boss, dude. That seems still seems like you haven't played enough for eleven <laughs> levels. I don't know, man. If you played twelve hours, I guess it depends. If you ran, did you do fast leveling? Is that what you were doing, Bruce? I would assume the fast leveling. Or was that before the fast leveling came about? Because wasn't 2009 when Pathfinder came out? So it might have been pre... Or did they have fast leveling in the book then? I can't remember. 
<laughs> Iron Man. Playing one game through a whole con is like being married. I'll be honest with you. There's something attractive about that. If it was a good game, if it was a really good game, I might could be down with that. Yeah. It would be reminiscent of our teenage days. Yeah, it would. When we would play throughout the whole weekend. <laughs> going, I don't know, going to Indianapolis. And Gen, I don't know. I'd have to get a break. I mean, at a place like Gen Con, I'd have to see all the cool uh, stuff. The fast chart. You're right. Yeah. You were right. It's the fast chart. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Well done, Bruce. Well done, sir. Did you have the same if, players all the way through then? If you're if it's a system you're very familiar with, that could work out. Um, rapidly advancing your characters can sometimes be problematic in that you're not really if you're not really familiar with the game system, it can be a little you get it's in Pathfinder when you have a whole bunch of powers and abilities. Right. Yeah, but in a con it could be trouble. But are you? But I don't know. I guess Joe's more of a player than me. He is. I wouldn't worry about it if I if I was playing a Bruce Gaines. I'm like, dude, I can level a Pathfinder character up quick. I just wouldn't get caught up on making everything perfect because I mean, you, know, yeah, I would you couldn't. Go, you couldn't. I would just no. say, I'm going to build this guy the way he is. And you know, Bruce is trying to capture his seven his uh, 17 year old self. Tucker Tot said he's running his non clone RPG. Okay, so that your own original once every day at a con in June. Humbling to have folks already signed up. Well, I'm sure you're a great DM. Good so deal. No yeah. So, yeah. All right. I think that's it. We kind of talked about Big Geek Land. Did we talk about? Did we talk? We talked about Big Geek Emporium. Anything else you wanted to say, Joe? Because I, I don't think so. I think I think most of the problems are resolved. But everything going forward should should mm -hmm. uh, be feature updates rather than bug fixes. But we'll see. We had a surprise bug this morning, um, a software conflict. Hopefully we have fewer of those going forward. Yeah. Big Geek Con still needs to be nailed down. But, again, it's going to happen. I, I, I don't see any hiccups other than meeting with the lady and paying the down payment. But it's going to happen. We'll have more information coming. Next time, Joe and I will have the contest. Um We'll talk about the contest and get it figured out very soon to win that index RPG book. Um, Patty wants to know what sort of features. Oh, hey, sorry. Hey, hey. Do your thing. Uh, what type of features should we be looking forward to next? Well, we're looking at bundling products and we're looking at um, before this update, people were able to sell physical products on the site as long as they wanted to track their own inventory. That got kind of, like kind of um, painted over, so to speak. So the site was really just geared for sales of PDFs and uh, print-on-demand, and that was it. But they're going, the devs are going to re-enable the, the physical product side because there's at least one person who wants to sell their physical game to, a board game on our site so among in uh, he sells at different places as well but he wants to add biggie comporium to his list of places where he can sell his his game so yeah hopefully they'll get that rolled out pretty soon it should i mean the capability is already there they just have to fold it into the new theme and hopefully it, it won't take too long for that to happen um a third feature will be um, um, 
marketing mail for um, vendors. So uh, you'll much like what drive through lets you do just select people who have bought your products to send encouragements to buy more of your products, essentially. And that's just uh, stuff off the top of my head. A lot of questions on Big Geek Con. Uh, Bruce says he has a couple more paychecks to help buy local people a ticket to go hang out with all of you. I expect streaming video as well. Bruce has been generous already, right, Joe? Yes. He has. So there will be some people that will be gifted tickets. We got to figure yes. out. How, we got to figure out how we're going to do that. Bruce is being too kind. I wish we could get his big butt up here. That'd be cool. But I know it's a long haul. Yeah, streaming from Big Geek Con will be. Um, well, I don't know. It'll all depend on. I'm going to try. It. Bruce wants to. He wants me to DM, and he wants to see on the on the thing. He's going to see that. And I if I can, if I can, if I could actually videotape my. Uh, he wants streaming. Streaming might be tricky. I'll try to stream, but if I can't stream at bare minimum, I'm going to record probably there at Big Geek Con. Yeah, it'll depend on their Wi-Fi. Yeah, their their network capabilities there. Streaming Wi-Fi on a Wi-Fi we've already shown isn't optimal. <laughs> well, we'll see what we do. We'll see what we can do. Maybe if we yeah. get the con set up, they'll let us hardwire somewhere. Get hardwired somewhere. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. We'll try, Bruce. I promise. Yes. That's right. Yes, we've already figured that out for Randy. He has Cat5 cable hooked up to him right now. Yeah. His so butt. My butt is literally hooked up. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't got to buy us 100 print cable, dude. We appreciate it. You're too kind, brother. Too kind. Uh, well, probably if we do any streaming, it won't be where we're wandering around the um, the site. No. We'll probably have like a low – if we can um, – as long as they have a place where we can plug in, we'll plug in and make that our station where we will do some streaming updates. Green Apple make, makes a good point. So the hotel should have the big boy internet package since they're used to accommodating lots of people using the Wi-Fi. That's true. Our man says, are we all sleeping at your place? In my bed. <laughs> no, sir. Uh, you'll, have to buy, you'll have to buy a hotel room. Um, though, I have a doghouse. Sleep well, one. If, if, you know, by the time it happens, my guest room will be finished. So I might would be willing to let one of you suckers stay here. So, so we'll see. Cuddle party. You got it, Green green Apple. Tonka Todd says he wants to come hang out with the cool kids if he can. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're not here in Michigan, but you can hang out with me and Joe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As long as you're willing to take a kind of a loose definition of cool, the cool kids. Then we could maybe fit into that. Very uh, loose. Very, very loose. loose definition. Yes. Yeah. Patty says soon we're going to have Cat 5. Oh, wrong one. What did I miss, Patty? Uh, soon we're going to get Cat 5 straight to the cranium. All beat con. All big geek con all the time, baby. <laughs> Spooky AI voice. Uh, yeah, Larry and I, Mr. Elliot and I are going to help people that fly into Flint or MBS Saginaw. If you fly in, we will help get you to the con. No, unfortunately, um, I have uh, I have information. I will uh, divulge it again on the website soon once I get everything set. The con price is just $30 for the con, and then the room is separate. I think they're looking at 104 per night for a king, and uh, I forgot what the other one was for a two two queens i'm not sure i would definitely do some sharing on that if we get 
are there any price breaks if we get enough people? Probably we're not going to have the numbers for that. Right. Um, I, I probably not. The assistant manager, when we first brought it up, Martinson was with me. He seemed to say he could get us a price break, but the current manager hasn't mentioned that. So I will talk to her. Um, I'll see what I can do, but probably not likely. All right. Well, have we uh, done all we're going to do? I believe we are. We have. Right. Oh, except I want to see this. Oh, Bruce says, if I die and you see my head in a jar and I'm saying things like vote for Biden again, you know, the CIA is puppeteering me. Don't fall for it. Words to live by. All right. Now we're good. Okay. All right. If you'd like to support our show, please like, subscribe, and share us where you're listening or viewing this show. You can give us a little cash support at PayPal, Streamlabs, Anchor, Ko-Fi, and Patreon, which Joe and I got to get our butts in here, but I think we have a little bit of ideas now. Got a couple of Patreons. We didn't see Patrick tonight. He must be busy. Have must be busy. Check us out on the web, our website, which still not a whole lot going on there, biggestgeekistpodcast.com. You can email us at thegeeks, biggestgeekistpodcast.com. And Big Geek Emporium, of course. Check that out at biggeekemporium.com. Buy your digital gaming products, physical gaming products there. Good stuff. Indie creators. Check it out. Anything else, my brother? You ready to scoop for tonight? I believe I am. Okay. This is Randy. And this is Joe. And remember can't be big like us, be geeks like us. Mm-hmm.